Hi, I'm Georgina Hudson from GeorginaHudson.net. This podcast has been created to support you in your path of self-awareness and well-being and to draw a roadmap together that can help you align mind and heart. Today we're going to talk about our inner critic. You know that critical voice that judges us and makes us suffer and we're also going to explore how we can relate to that voice and how we can turn down its volume to be able to listen to the voice of our true self. For more information about what I do and about me, you can visit my website on georginahudson.net or my Instagram account georginahudson.coach. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, people? How are you today? I hope you're having a great day. And this week we are talking about a topic that is not only very popular in my sessions, but also in my life and that of everyone I know, to be honest with you. And we're going to dive into the subject of the inner critic, as I said in the introduction to the program. And the inner critic, for the people who are wondering what it is, is that internal voice that highlights everything that we haven't done well and that criticizes us to the point of scaring us about the future too. So it's like having a ruthless and merciless judge in our head on repeat. And think of messages like, imagine you're working, this presentation is terrible or I'm a failure, or I look terrible, I'm useless in my studies, I'm a loser, who is going to love me when they discover who I really am? And, and this is one that I heard and I wrote down, don't shine, because you won't be able to hold that standard. So I don't want to, I don't want to shine, I don't want to stand out because I'm not going to be able to sustain this. And, you know, I'm going to tell you a personal one that, you know, when I was very young, I used to tell myself, I'm terrible at sports and I better not play sports because I'm going to be uh, perceived or seen as a total loser, you know? And we're going to see where all these comes from. And these phrases, this Uh, examples that I have just uh, shared with you are very strong but do you know what is even tougher and stronger than the examples themselves is that they have been taken from real life conversations it's horrendous right but we do it we treat ourselves in that ruthless way And that voice in our head that criticizes us can be very harsh and very destructive, making us feel inadequate or that we are not good enough. And let me tell you that when the inner critic kicks in, we tend to buy its messages as true. At the moment, we cannot tell those messages have nothing to do with it truth but with negative messages we received in interactions we had as children and as adolescents in my personal example with sports when i used to tell myself i'm terrible at sports i'd better not play sports with my friends i'm going to be seen as a loser they're going to discover what a loser i am blah 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 blah. my parents the people i looked up the most 
told me on repeat 1,000 times, not 1 million times, you are very good at, at studies, you know, academically, but you are terrible at sports. Or they would comment uh, about me with their friends. They would say to their friends these things, you know, uh, Georgina is very good, you know, uh, at school, but she's really bad at sports. And she doesn't last more than one or two months because she gives up everything. Uh, she needs to move her body, but she's useless, you know. Uh, but maybe I don't remember the exact words, but I remember receiving those messages. And, you know, uh, that is how everything started. And I didn't understand that I was very good at moving my body and coordination. I wasn't good at sports that involved playing with balls. <laughs> so if we talk about football or or soccer for American people or you know basketball or volleyball or handball I was very bad that's true or tennis too but I was very good at dancing and skating and well at the time I didn't have roller skates I don't I'm not sure they existed, but you know what I mean by skating, right? I I was very good in my gym classes, you know, gymnastics, and you know, today I'm very good at yoga and Pilates and spinning and you know. So those messages were not true <laughs> to prove my point. So um as I told you, when the inner critic is activated we cannot tell those messages don't come from our inner self with capital letters we think the self is telling us all that and we become so afraid you know of being so bad at certain things so let me tell you another example a client of mine with her permission uh, I'm sharing you all this with her permission. A client of mine told me not that long ago that when she was young at school, the popular girls told her that she was stupid, that she was ugly, and that she wasn't smart. When she told her parents what was going on at school, and of course she had a broken heart, these girls had broken her heart, her self-esteem, uh, everything, her days. Uh, her parents replied that she was probably exaggerating, that she shouldn't take things so personally. I'm reading here because I wrote everything down. And that the other girls surely didn't do anything with anybody's intentions. That, the, that she should go back to school and try to talk to these girls to see what was going on, but that for sure they were going to become friends and everything was going to be okay. The truth is, nothing, none of those things became true. In the end, my client felt so alone that she stopped sharing what was going on at school with her parents. She didn't talk about this with you know, her few friends, the few friends that she had. She didn't talk about this with her teachers. She kept it to herself. If someone bullied her, 
she would cry her eyes out. But she told me I was crying my eyes out inside me, you know. But outside, I wouldn't shed a single tear because I, I didn't want to cry in front of the rest. She was afraid of everything. She was paralyzed. She was frozen, talking about stress responses. She was so scared that she preferred to go unnoticed. Poor thing. And if for whatever reason she did something that made her presence visible, whether it was because she dropped something or she had a bad day at team sports and at team sports at school she had to mingle with all these mean girls or the popular girls or she had a trembling voice in a presentation at school or shaking hands what did she do the she told herself or the inner critic told her that she was stupid that she was useless that she never learned anything and that she didn't understand anything at all So today, her inner critic is activated every time she makes the slightest mistake. And let me tell you, she's an excellent professional. She's a high achiever. And she's got such high standards that they are quite impossible to meet. She's got perfectionist tendencies. Why? Because she thinks that if she's between inverted commas, perfect, because perfection doesn't exist. But she seeks that. So she's like a hamster on a wheel. And we talked about all this. And she gave me permission to talk about this with you. So she thinks that if she can control everything and achieve, 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 and be like perfect, at least she's not going to be seen as a loser. Now she has a problem. Because she finds it quite difficult to make friends. She thinks people are going to think she has nothing to share, and that she only she's only good at work, that her life is uh devoid of you know anything exciting, that she's afraid. She's afraid. And the interesting thing about the inner critic is that we develop that tough inner voice to protect ourselves, like my client. You know? Don't be silly. Don't talk to the people at work because they're going to laugh at you or they are going to walk away from you. Don't even try. You won't do well. You know? How many times have we told ourselves don't even try because it won't work? before a project, for example. And these are all phrases that the inner critic uses in a very toxic way, and I highlight this, in a very toxic way, the inner critic uses all these messages to stop us from exposing ourselves and from suffering. So it's like having a very nervous character inside us that is telling us all these things because this character is so scared of our exposing um, ourselves in front of others. So as a result, this inner dialogue makes us hypervigilant, trying to control everything like my client, uh, trying to defend our image or how other people will perceive us, and also to stop us from making mistakes. So You might be saying, but how can I get rid of my inner critic? Like many, many of my clients uh, ask me. 
the problem is that if you want to get rid of the inner critic, uh, it's going, its voice is going to become louder. And the question is, if you don't become aware of the inner critic, its messages are going to sooner or later undermine your self-esteem and your self-confidence. So it's key to remember that if we try to silence our inner critic by controlling everything we do and by trying to do things perfectly, um, you know, being completely um, hypervigilant, his, um, his, I'm personifying the inner critic, its voice will become more fierce, louder, and it will be more merciless simply because we are human beings and that implies making mistakes. There's no way we can be in such control that we're not going to make mistakes. We're always going to screw up. So the inner critic will be hard on us again because the inner critic doesn't tolerate mistakes. And as we know, we learn from mistakes, as we tell children who go to school. But the inner critic hates to see us fall, what he or she perceives as falling, especially when other people can see us. Hmm? So what can we do? What can we do to quiet down that critical inner voice, that inner critic, that harsh inner dialogue and and so I thought about six points and of course we can go on about this topic forever because it's so so deep but let's focus on these six practices to help you here with the inner critic. So the first thing is to think about what's your inner critic's intention and what is your inner critic trying to protect you from? And then try to achieve those goals in a healthier way. If your critic tells you that you suck, sorry for the word, at public speaking, the goal of the, the inner critic is probably to keep you safe so that no one can criticize you. So what can you do? You can seek help from someone who can help you talk in public gracefully. You can seek help from a coach. You can watch videos about public speaking. You can uh, enroll in a class about this. And you can encourage yourself to speak in public in simple situations first and then stretch yourself a step further and so on and so on. Um, When I was talking about this with my client, for example, who is so afraid, so afraid um, of talking to other people because Karina Critic tells her that they're going to think she's a loser, that the only thing that she can manage well is work and it's the only place where she can achieve something, but otherwise she has nothing that is worth it, blah, blah, blah. So, One way we are working on that is by her approaching the people she finds the most friendly, uh, the most open, not all together, but maybe one at a time, you know, to have short interactions with people, to stretch herself a little, to not worry about the outcome if people 
decide to continue talking to her or not is not important. The important thing is to put your uh, put yourself out there, put herself out there. So you know, think about your critic's intention. Most of the time, your inner critic is trying to protect you from, you know, oh, what other people will think, and you know, oh, external validation and making mistakes. And then adopt a growth mindset. And we talked about mindset in the podcast uh, quite a long time ago. So I'm going to refresh your memory. So there are two mindsets, basically. It's an umbrella term, the word mindset, and it's used in many ways. But the the concept of mindset started with the ideas of fixed and growth mindset uh, at school. It was developed by a teacher. And so people who think um, that they are born with certain IQ and that their intelligence is associated with their DNA uh, cannot tolerate mistakes because they are a yardstick of of what they can do and what they cannot. However, people with a growth mindset don't care about their DNA or their IQ, because they know they can always grow and become better than yesterday. They know that in order to grow, you need to make mistakes. Mistakes are just a normal uh, part of our journey, right? And to be honest, being human is daring to do things and being open to fall and then say, okay, what is the learning I've got from this? And then moving on with that new learning. Think about it. The person who doesn't try things out and stays in their comfort zone zone will not even do anything. And I always say to my clients, don't think of a mistake as failure. Think of not doing anything as failure. That is failure somehow you know, not doing anything at all. But if you are out there in the arena and you're exposing yourself, you are achieving a lot. You are being real. You are are the the good deal, you know. Um, Anyways, the person who understands that making mistakes is part of the learning curve, journey, call it whatever you want, takes things more easily and moves in the direction of their goals and dreams, little by little, and with all the learning in the process. That is number two, adopt a growth mindset. This is key. Number three, practice self-compassion. And we had a podcast a few weeks ago. That's why I don't want to dedicate a lot of time to self-compassion in this podcast. But self-compassion is basically giving ourselves the same compassion and kindness and validation we offer the people we love when they are in trouble or when or when they are going through a tough time. So validate what you feel when the inner critic kicks in. Give yourself understanding, you know, oh, that is my inner critic again. My inner critic is trying to make me believe I'm useless. You know, um, the inner critic is trying to let me think that I am not good at sports, but I'm good, so I can do this and that. So give yourself understanding, put your hands on your chest or your heart, 
you know, rub your your arms, rub your chest, breathe in and breathe out. On Instagram, I shared something about self-soothing that is going to help you this week. Uh, And after you have provided yourself with the self-love that you need, ask yourself, how can you move on with the acceptance, the acknowledgement that you have come to terms with, and the responsibility to moving on, to moving ahead with whatever you feel, but doing it. Number four, thank your inner critic. I know this sounds like crazy, but thank your inner critic for trying to take care of you. As I told you, I know its ways are really tough and hard, but the inner critic is trying to protect you in a very, very, very harsh way, uh, whipping you, but reassure the inner critic that you will be okay, that you can protect yourself, that you are in the driver's seat and that you are going to step by your side and that you are going to stand in your truth and in your power and that everything will be okay. These are phrases that you are going to be telling yourself that are going to soothe the inner critic inside you. And then rephrase what the inner critic has to tell you. If the critic tells you that you are terrible at public speaking, to use the same example I used at the beginning, try exposing yourself by talking in front of an audience. Try to choose the audience that you want, but uh, that, that's going to make you feel more confident, but do it. And also try to rephrase what the critic is telling you at the moment of exposure. Tell yourself things like, feeling nervous when I talk in public is normal. Uh, the first few minutes, uh, it's okay to feel butterflies in my stomach. Um, it's I'm not terrible. What I'm feeling is normal. Um, talking in public takes time, but it's not so much about me. Of course, I feel nervous like most people, to be honest, but my message is more important than me. People are not here to criticize me. People are not here to laugh at me. People have come here to listen to my message. So my message is what really matters here. And all these natural fears are part of the process of talking to people, but they're going to fade away as my presentation um, progresses. So rephrase, hmm? reframe, this is key. And then number six, ask for professional help. If your inner critic makes it difficult for you to get ahead, if your inner critic makes it difficult for you to dare Uh, to do what you want to do, if your inner critic makes it difficult to approach people or, you know, to set healthy boundaries and it's making your life miserable and you cannot feel joyful and you cannot enjoy life. Remember, investing in yourself with professional help is the best investment you're ever going to make. It's, It's, you know, investing in your growth in your mental health, in your confidence, in your mindset, in your uh, self-confidence, in, you know, uh, your the maps that you've got inside. So, you know, 
it's much better than investing in that fancy dress or those uh, shoes that you've been toying with buying uh, and so on and so forth. So don't put yourself last, put yourself first. And I cannot stress this enough, place some distance between your inner critic's messages and you and observe without judging, acknowledge what is going on and think about how to respond to those criticisms from a place of discernment and calm. Remember, the way out is always in, but all we need is some training. If we don't place some distance, if we don't leave some distance between what the inner critic is saying to us and our reactions, we are going to react in the heat of the moment, we're going to feel scared and stressed out and freaked out. So what we want is to leave that space that is going to allow us to say, oh, that is my inner critic again. Oh, yes, I know why the inner critic, my inner critic is saying that to me, you know, because that person or those interactions or, you know, that thing that happened to me made me believe that BS, but it's not true. So, we've delved into the topic with theory and examples in depth. I hope you liked it. If you wanted to take a deeper dive into this topic, you could read the article I have written in Psicología y Mente magazine. Remember, Psicología y Mente is the equivalent to Psychology and Mind in English, and it's a mainstream magazine in the Spanish-speaking communities of the United States, Latin America, and Spain. Um It's an article which is supplementary to this one, so the content doesn't overlap with what I have said. Um, you are going to find, you can find the link to the Psicología y Mente article in the description of this podcast. Um, for the people who can read in Spanish, it might be good to supplement the podcast with the article. I really feel honored every time People who are English speaking uh, message me and they tell me things like, you know, I've started reading what you write in Psicología y Mente and it's helping me not only improve my English, but grow, you know, emotionally and, and everything. So that would be great because the article is written in Spanish. Uh, I hope you liked this podcast. Remember to send us your opinion and your ideas. They are always welcome. We read them all. We receive a lot of messages every week, which is marvelous because it gives us a lot of ideas to write about. And if you know someone who is very harsh on themselves and who needs to hear this message, forward this podcast to them and invite them to subscribe. This is the best way we have to help one another. I'm sending you a big hug and until next podcast.